Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, we're going to find out what the goal of World Cup NFTs are. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. That was great, George. Wow. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, it's it's another NFT Thanksgiving. Wow. And I bet those conversations went really well. Uh, Thanksgiving dinner talking about NFTs. I think I was, well, first off, we spent Thanksgiving together. So I know there's an NFT conversation, but there was definitely some of that, like, um, you know, ha- how's it going type of conversations that we have bumped into. Uh, not well. That seems it is not going well. <laughs> Had a lot of, I mean, we did you lose like, everything in the FTX thing. I was like, no, I'm not that dumb, but I'm pretty dumb. Yeah, I mean, we're really looking at about a year ago was the high for ETH. I mean, we were up over 4,500 or so at one point. And it's uh, the long way from there right now, a lot less interest. Um, I think we were also really big on the metaverse about a year ago, right? Meta was becoming a big thing. We were, everybody was buying up digital land. And what a journey that's been. I think uh, I, I think we've kind of come round trip on, or everybody's come round trip on that whole uh, metaverse cycle, right? Yeah, except I think this crisis sandbox is still pointlessly high uh, for for what it's worth. That you know, there's still still building going on. Did you know that I still sold too early compared to the price now? Oh, did you? <laughs> Even if I had held, no, I was still wrong. Good. No, that's uh, that's super comforting. Uh, yeah. All we're, right. We're still yeah, talking so what, about it. Why so don't we get into the news got... a bit? We actually do have something that's uh, a little World Cup related to start our, our headlines off here. And this was a the Saudis NFT collection soared at 2,000% in volume. And uh, George, do you know why that happened? Uh, because of goals? Yeah, the upset. Uh, Argentina had... Three goals called back because of offsides and a lot of close calls. But, you know, uh, Sa- Saudi got to hand it to them. Saudi Arabia won, won that match, which was pretty incredible. But I have no clue why that should impact an NFT collection. Uh, hey, you know, it's all excitement and hype, right? But, you know, overall, we haven't seen all that much uh, interest in NFTs. We'll, we'll get into that a bit more later on, uh, you know, at least NFTs just because of the World Cup. Um, we'll we'll discuss that a bit more. This was somewhat of an anomaly, it seems, in uh, NFT interest throughout the, uh, from what we've seen in the World Cup so far. Um, so we've got the uh, the next headline here, and this is one we've talked about before. This is Gary B's uh, restaurant um, is opening in uh, opening in New York. He's uh, it's called the Flyfish Restaurant. Um, so this is, I think, now it's at. Uh, it was at one point at about four and a quarter ETH. I think it's still right around there. So still um, holding a pretty premium price for this. They're opening up. Um, 
we'll see how this does. You know, it, it, there's there's certainly been a lot of talk about uh, Gary Vee's restaurant. Yeah, I mean, like it's uh, it's a club, right? It's not just a restaurant. I think right, right. And it's sure. like you're paying for membership, so it, it's trying to be like one of those exclusive, you know, who's who of um, I guess who's who of NFT in this case. But in New York, those uh, those things do pretty well. You know, the Soho Club has been around Soho House, not club. Soho House has been like kind of one of those style things where people overpay to like go into uh, a building and feel cool. Well, they say people overpay. And there is a difference here in that people can see a lot more of what people are paying. And I think that is yeah. it is a big difference between most private club memberships that I know of. I mean, I don't think there's many people that uh, I think usually that's sort of not talked about what the prices are. And there's generally not a lot of resale value. So it is interesting that you do have have the ability to look at what other what the market is doing if it's time to sell. Um, so, you know, I think there is you're right. I think there is. Um, this will succeed, I think, just because we've seen this play out many times before. It's not that different. It's just with an NFT now. Well, I'll be interested to see how they deal with sort of like the the unique IRL um, connection to the NFT, right? So what is to stop me from just like transferring it to like my cousin who transfers it to my sister who transfers it to like Joe walking down the street? I feel like there's going to be a little like you have to hold it, but it's still going to be a, a a Web2 database holding a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I could see that. Although I'm definitely not ready to uh, transfer my four plus Eve membership around to my cousin that may or may not know how to use a wallet. <laughs> yeah, it's on you, fella. <laughs> the files are in the computer. <laughs> uh, all right, next headline here. Um, so we've talked a lot about uh, about greater royalties. X2Y2, they were not including royalties in sales. And after a lot of pushback from the community, they are now enforcing royalties. So this is actually, uh, you know, turned back from what we've said. You know, we said that these will go towards zero. And, you know, we have seen the community of collectors and artists sort of push back against that. And, and in this case, you know, we, we will see, you know, we see that they are being enforced. And I think in general, it's not as much about making them required. I think it's a lot about community, uh, community pressure. We talked about how, you know, one of the best things that creators can do is establish their marketplace of choice. And I, I think X2Y2 probably realized that they were not going to be the marketplace of choice that many uh, creators would link to as the official place to go buy and sell if they weren't going to enforce royalties. There have been also talks from different creators about potentially not giving the same benefits to collectors that acquire a piece via uh, marketplaces that do not honor royalties. Um, and I, I think just this this pressure, this it opened the conversation enough that, that they felt they had to do something. And I think, you know, in general, it's probably more of a response to uh, <laughs> to try to gain more market share because it wasn't working to just cut fees. I was surprised by that, but there was interesting stats like floated around out there by NFTstatistics.east saying uh, currently about 30% of trades, I'm assuming this is just on Ethereum, 30% of trades are being done royalty free. So kind of a, a chart that I don't imagine will go down, but it, it peaked um, in early November at around 50% according uh, to that data, which I was like, whoa, that was a quick, quick rise up, but. 
Yeah, I um, I don't know. If, I don't think you can unscramble that egg. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still going to be a lot of pressure from other, maybe not the same marketplace, but there's going to be uh, places that are giving you the option to go around this, uh, to go around fees, especially if they become exorbitant. I think there are plenty of people that are willing to pay a fee if it's if it's reasonable and isn't completely taken away from liquidity in the project. Uh, one thing is like, it's a membership though, right? Like let's say there's, uh, you know, a group of doodles holders or what have you, right? The, the thing they, they couldn't do effectively is look on chain so that when you come back in with that membership or access, you'd be like, well, we see that there is a, a debit here, a, an amount to be paid of this much royalty fee, because frankly, like, these membership communities, people that are building are not getting paid if you are not honoring royalty. And so if you're going to get membership perks, so let's go back to the, you know, flying fish restaurant. Uh, if you're not paying that fee, they can be like, well, look, you know, you can't transfer that until like you owe 5% of your, your last, uh, your last trade. There's still ways kind of to do it. There's like perks at the door, but I don't know. There are some projects where I don't think the the creators necessarily deserve to be pulling in fees, uh, <laughs> underwear. Um, if you're, yeah. if you've officially quit, but I still have to pay you a royalty fee for quitting, um, every time I move my moon cat. All right. Uh, this, this headline I've seen, I've seen this going around in different versions uh, a, a few times, and this is Justin Bieber. He spent 1.3 million at the time spent on a board aid. It's now worth. 70,000, you know, going on the floor price of a, of a board ape, but seeing this headline going around, you know, oh, you know, what a crazy drop and spent 1.3 million. It's now worth just 70,000. Um, you know, a few, few caveats there. I would say, you know, I don't know how much he spent versus how much he was compensated. <laughs> um, there's also the problem just looking, I mean, we also saw that there was a board ape sale just this past week of 900 and something thousand. Well, I think that is. I don't understand it. It's not right to use the, the floor for every, uh, you know, for every NFT in a collection. I mean, that's, that's the whole idea here. We're not, we're saying that they are all the same. You know, I know that we often look at the floor price, but these are non fungible tokens. So it's not really right to look at it that way. Um, you know, the other, the other point here is that's not that much to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, you know, kind of funny when you look at. It's kind of like how in the like Michael Michael Jordan uh, documentary, they were like kind of careful with how much he gambles because it's like, you know, he doesn't feel anything until you get up into like five digits. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it, come on, is it even worth worth showing up if you don't if it's not worth five? But yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, and really, like, how much was he compensated here? How much did he make? You know, I don't think you can look at this really at just the price that was you know that that he may have versus what the price is now yeah i, I don't know you, clearly it's a clever way to write a title right or you get people to click be like oh my gosh um, it also reminds me of uh, a good adage there is like how do you make a small fortune in nfts start off with a large one absolutely oh yeah there's there's certainly a lot of truth there and i'm though you know i'm not yeah. a big word ape fan or anything and i think you know seeing the, the price correct has probably been better for nfts and you know, they still think it's you know not the most fair headline to uh <laughs> to to throw around it definitely is trying to grab attention um but there is a point here you know board apes have come down significantly in value and they're 
they don't seem to hold that uh, that same cultural importance that they did. Part of that is you don't see celebrities buying in. You actually even talked about how it was some of these many of the celebrities that may have changed their PFPs to to uh, board apes or, or different NFTs. You know, have changed them back. And you know, there is somewhat of a loss of influence of, of the brand. I would say. I mean, we say that, but you know, they are still firmly in the top ten. With yeah, oh yeah, they've had some impressive volume recently too. Right? With two of them, like I mean, they have the yacht club and the mutant apes, like still, uh, it, firmly in the top ten. So it's a, it's impressive. I, I think I would have been maybe the first one to jump in line, and be like, yeah, that doesn't survive one year later. But here they are; they're doing all right. All right, we've got uh, more FTX. You know, can't get through a podcast right now without mm-hmm. talking about FTX. So we've got uh, NFTs from Steph Curry. They were bought on FTX. They were also, collectors were heavily, I wouldn't say pressured, but heavily incentivized to keep them on FTX. That's how you would get different rewards for, for holding them there. Um, you know, since they were on decentralized market or the centralized exchange holding them not in your own wallet they are now relatively inaccessible uh, until whatever this mess is gets sorted out yeah the prices you know the value's got to nothing essentially yeah i i feel like steph curry is one of my favorite athletes in terms of how he carries himself on and off the court i am kind of surprised that there hasn't been more of like a statement or message so far you know i don't know if that has changed uh, about the fact that he was you know a shareholder in ftx he was very much promoting it fairly aggressively and you know part of leveraging his uh, his reputation to burnish that of ftx's and saying bankman freeze so i also on the other side don't fully understand like let's just be honest if you own this you know coachella based nft also uh for for steph curry on on ftx like there's he was stealing customer funds like they you know sam bankman free can't buy any more mansions in the bahamas with jpegs like at the heart of it it's like that image should just be sent to the freaking customer like there's no reason why that there's no reason to hold that one right right like you can't like you can't it's already, you've already stolen the money behind it for sure. But like, unless they're saying that they hold that as an asset, I mean, they're probably putting it as oh. an asset that's held in the exchange and, or, you know, in wallets and people are trusting them with that much more and whatever. It's, I'm sure they're playing a game with it somehow. Um, I believe there actually have been, I know there's some lawsuits going on um, that have named Tom Brady. I think Steph Curry has been the, because of yeah, their probably. promotion with, with FTX. You know, I don't know what that, pretty hard for for me to say that someone that's um hired as a celeb promoter should really look into the finance you know the the, the business there I, I understand there's some shadiness but also they were if, if they were i don't know if they were the ones that were supposed to call it out versus all of the politicians and uh, the there were many more people that could have done something about this before Tom Brady or Steph Curry should have noticed that there was a problem. Yeah, look, if Gensler goes down, <laughs> if anybody who touched it goes down, like, okay, 
Uh, but it's a weird, weird precedent. But also follow the money, right? If it turned out that they were sort of knowingly selling aggressively and profiting off of like pumping a thing like that, um, they knew yeah, it'd be yeah. toxic. Like the the sort of intent matters quite a bit, I imagine, behind this. Sure. And, um, if if they're just getting paid an endorsement in, you know, sign, you know, basically doing it like they did, like they do it. You know, like Steph Curry does a deal for Subway or whatever. You know, that's, I don't think he's, I don't think yeah, there's suddenly much to there's that. Yeah, suddenly there's a salmonella outbreak. He's like, I, I don't know. And there was salmonella in the salad. Okay. Um, how is that on me? Uh, it did get me thinking, though. I do have some of my NFTs on platforms like Maker and Nifty Gateway. And like with yeah, this like we Genesis collapse, the, uh, I'm like, ooh. Should I pull it off? And then there's like this other annoying stuff. Like sometimes you don't get certain perks um, of access unless you keep an NFT on these platforms. And that's like one of the things that they were yelling about for FTX. They were saying like the mods in the Discord rooms were literally saying, if you pull your Steph Curry NFT off this platform, you won't get access to like the lottery drawings of meet and greets and things like that. And so, right. I, yeah, and I don't love that. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely something that I uh, was looking at when some of these Genesis rumors were starting to swirl. Um, got some, I only had a couple of uh, keys on Nifty Gateway, but removed those from there. You know, I don't know. I, I don't think that Nifty Gateway is necessarily in danger of all of a sudden shutting down. And I also don't really want to find out the hard way. You know, we've seen how fast some of these things happen. Pretty sure that there wouldn't be a way, you know, but to be safe, you know, you may want to just uh, pull those up to a, uh, you know, your own custodial wallet. Yeah, it's good. All right, we've got another headline here. Oh, man, this one, this one bothers me. It's not NFT necessarily specific, but this is um, very crypto specific. New York has signed a, a law that is banning crypto mining for two years. Um, so you can now not use electricity to run specific programs on your computer in the state of New York. What do you think, George? Uh, hopefully they also continue to say you cannot run your air conditioner, uh, during hot periods of the day. If the temperature is above a certain thing, you shouldn't be allowed to do, uh, certain zoom calls, uh, not all of them, but some that are pointless. Uh, you shouldn't, let's see, be allowed to overcharge your phone. So we should probably throttle how much energy you can use for that. Um, you should only use one ply toilet paper. Uh, because two ply is wasteful. Yeah, this is this it's is an interesting many one, trees. isn't it? Huh? Um, We're telling people how to use the electricity. I, you know, and I here's don't the think thing: how you get ahead. It is so much. It pisses me off so much more than people that are actually Bitcoin maxi annoying miners. Like I hate those people too. But I hate, like I, you know, don't want to be that person. I think the government can step in certain times. Like I'm fine if it's on like sugary drinks that are like not properly labeled. I'm like, oh, all right, but like. Telling people what to do with their electrons is like a step too far for me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it's opening up a lot of other questions. I can definitely tell you that not every use of electricity is ideal. So we should start looking into that, I suppose, if this is, if this is how we're going to treat crypto mining. It's dumb. I'm really sure. I'm pretty sure that charging your phones to scroll Instagram isn't the best use of energy. Or running, you know, many servers to, to you know, make sure that 
you know, pointless websites run around. I don't know. Oh, man. All right. I do know. Don't do it. We've got another FTX headline or SBF headline. So in case you haven't heard, the the writer Michael Lewis, who's the writer who did uh, Moneyball, Liars, Poker's done a handful of other uh, great books. He has been working to write a story on Sam Bankman-Fried. He's been following him for about six months. He has gotten an epic ending for a while. I don't think, I'm not sure if we can say ending yet. He's got an epic uh, turn in this story and he uh, has already, or sorry, I'm not sure if he's actually sold that he's in talks to maybe sell these film rights to Apple to, to make a movie out of this. What a story this is going to be. And I don't think we're done yet. I love selling the story. I want to, I mean, I'm kind of scared to keep living the movie right now. I'd rather the, the movie come out and be like, oh, good. What was in that? Episode. Yeah, that crash, the coin I was buying. I remember that. That was terrible. And then I was afraid that like somehow Grayscale was going to go down and, and oh God. I, uh, yeah, buying the rights. I'm sure there'll be NFTs associated with this I somewhere. Say, I hope there's an NFT. If there's not, yeah, you know. it's launched by Sam himself, Sam Coin. It's just like you know what I'm gonna do with this, <laughs> but it's gonna pump at some point. It'll be launched by the mysterious hacker that uh, has absconded with 400 million somehow. Weird, yeah. we- weirdly timed. Just a little security hole just happened to get, um, yeah, that individual is, uh, done tremendous damage. And I think he owes us, you know what they should do? They should take all the proceeds from that and help make the people who got, um, you know, their funds stolen whole. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably what Apple's going to do. Just try to make everybody whole. It's definitely not Apple looking at this like, wow, what a story we're, we are going to make money on crypto. Well, it's Michael Lewis's book, right? Are they buying that? I thought the, yeah, the rights. Yeah, yeah, it would be they would be buying that, but I'm sure that they would uh, make money off it. But, um, you know, Apple will take take a cut of whatever they can, right? Oh man! So let's get in. That's our headlines. Let's get into our project. What you said you got one for us this week, Jerry? You got a banger for us? What do you got? So annoying. No. Look, here's what I have been doing. Uh, because, you know, kind of moving into the World Cup, I've been trying to identify if there were any any upside to like any of these soccer NFTs. And here's here's the project. There's no project right now that I trust for World Cup hype or previous soccer hype that, look, I'm going to get in line. And I'm going to eat, eat my crow. I'm going to get a full serving of it, which means I was super wrong. I was super wrong, and I I sort of bet on a lot of different projects leading up to the World Cup, assuming assuming that. And there's a couple assumptions that I had, but like if you just want to like look at what I was looking at and double check my math, but you know going back, we liked things like the Martian Premier League, no action, down. We liked, and I really liked Wrapped Strikers, which were are alongside the last World Cup and the first official scorecard uh, as an NFT. So it had history, it had all of that, it is just, it is quiet as you can be on that. And then the um, Artificial Intelligence Beef All-Stars, AF, uh, dot football, um, those little all-star things, also, like, just dead. 
um, quiet, nothing happening. I'm, I'm super surprised. So, you know, I'm still like, if you were to force, uh, force a choice, I would probably say like, of those things, what's held up are the rap strikers. Like they just haven't moved really, um, that much. And you could look for maybe players that are having, um, all times things. So like there was, you know, some movement, but in terms of, I feel like yeah. there hasn't been quite as much excitement around the world cup in general as maybe i anticipated um i think maybe some media coverage hasn't been there you know especially here in the u.s it, it's it's not it, it hasn't been at the forefront i think there's also I mean, we've seen that some networks haven't given it as much coverage as you would expect I think partially because of the way that Qatar has been been handling some of the the social issues with um not allowing rainbow flags on or rainbow armbands. Um, some of the things that they, they, I mean, there are already plenty of issues with holding it there. And I think that that has maybe held back some of the, the enthusiasm, at least in the U S and I know that the U S isn't huge for soccer, but it, it's still a pretty big market for, for NFTs and we haven't seen it, uh, spark all that much interest. I think. And this year has taught me a heck of a lot, but to, to assume that there, you know, NFTs will rise simply because there's public attention around a topic. And then there also happens to be an NFT on the side is bad. It's just bad logic. And even when you look at it, you just have to assume that the market is fairly savvy and it's already priced that in so that even, you know, when I was looking at the beginning of this year at like, oh, how do I like get an angle on like when the World Cup comes up or, you know, anytime I really have to like dip my toe into sports uh, NFT memorabilia collecting. I'm like, oh, you know, if Mahomes has an amazing season, like this is going to go like, you know, bananas. It just hasn't happened. Real life events don't necessarily correlate to uh, the, the offline NFTs asterisk. Yes, it does seem like temporarily, like what we were talking about, how, you know, the Saudi and Argentina fan tokens um, are like kind of going up and down with like wins and losses. Uh, I feel like fan tokens are different than NFTs. Yeah. And I think that there's some, I think it's a lot of buying on, on hope that it's going to bring in a new audience. And we see over and over that these mainstream events don't don't bring new people into NFTs. It's people don't watch the Super Bowl and then think, you know what, I need an NFT of this. We're seeing that the the things that are popular in the things that hold value in crypto and in NFTs are very crypto specific events and people that the NFT celebrities, you know, things that need. And I mean, in the way of like, who are the, the big artists? Who are the creators that put out? You know, even you know, we're talking, you know. People understand who Yuga Labs is, what Ward Ape is in this world. And yeah, I say that it's not as big as it once was. It's not reaching the outside world as much. It's still huge within this world. And I think we're realizing that maybe these mainstream sort of real world events aren't going to just bring people walking to NFTs as, as maybe we had hoped at one point. Yeah. And there's, you know, collect.fifa.com. Uh, I should, you know, note, you can take a look. They've got packs. It will look very much like NBA Top Shot. Um, I think this is on Algorand. But here's the other thing that happens is 
even when, you know, sort of going back to like, oh, rap strikers are going to be epic. It's like what actually is going to happen is there's going to be a new launch of something and it's going to be a whole new money grab by the, you know, the organizers. They're like, they will be pushing attention toward the new thing as opposed to the legacy thing. Because guess what? Make a heck of a lot more money when everyone has to press mint, mint, mint rather than trade and royalty somewhere. So there'll be like a new, for example, going back to like my Ben on Mahomes having that collection when he dropped his first NFT. Kind of pointless when the NFL rolls out their official, right? Their official go collect these instead uh, types of um, NFTs and put the attention and ads behind that. But well, I haven't been so watching. About- I haven't seen any mention of NFTs in the actual World Cup. Although there's historically, right, like very few commercials anywhere. I haven't either, but it would require me watching some of the World Cup to, to properly uh, gauge that one. I haven't yet done that. So, I mean, I think that's part of it. You know, I'm not getting wrapped up. I, I am someone that would probably watch it if I felt like there was a lot of excitement around it. And I just haven't felt that overall. Um, definitely haven't felt much talk about the uh, NFT or World Cup related NFTs either. Um, you know, I, I, I guess we're, we, we keep expecting that these events will, will do something. And we, I mean, the Super Bowl was definitely one that we thought would bring a lot of attention to the space. And that's, you know, going back what, nine months. Now. Um, and we, I think we over and over again realized that it's going to be more of a slow grind upwards where people get introduced to NFTs through various means whether it's a, a company like Starbucks, uh, you know, their rewards program, or if it's because Nike does something that ties into a real world shoe or, or you get a ticket that has an NFT. I think there'll be a lot of these and it's going to be a small number each time that actually become interested in these. It's not going to be some, some mass event where people are, are suddenly, uh, super into NFTs. We got a lot of the, you know, we got the early adopters. We got the people that were willing to jump in quickly and just go for it. And now it's, it's much more of a grind than, than maybe we were ready for, um, at this outset. Oh yeah. Well, we also have nft.budweiser.com you know, running their play, right? You were talking about the Super Bowl. Budweiser did that. We actually both bought those pointless stupid beer cans. I'm not sure why. Uh, Last time I bought it, but we did. late. <laughs> Seriously. Ironically, paying more for that than I've ever spent on Bud in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure why, but uh, yes, you can mint uh, You can mint an NFT via nft.budweiser.com. Oh, select the team to mint. I'm going to go mint. Good questions here. I'm going to get the U.S. States. Mint now. Let's see how this goes. Oh, for a mere $100, this can be mine? And I can pay with a credit card? Stop. This is great. <laughs> Never mind. I take it all back. Oh, boy. George, DJing during the conversation, or during the podcast and canceling out everything that we just mentioned. He's just... I'm not going to do it. I'm not buying this with a credit card. Uh, it's called giving Budweiser a hundred dollars for not beer. It's bad, bad move. Um, all right. So again, I just want to say, uh, sometimes we were right. Sometimes we're wrong. I think it's important to call uh, at least myself out for being wrong. Cause that's how we learn. Uh, but I was way wrong about a lot of those soccer bets. And I, I bought a, you know, bought a taste along the way of all of those. And they, um, they haven't done anything. And I was like, damn, that stinks. You know, it would be great if somehow 
Budweiser could could use that NFT. You could like you could own some of that beer that's just sitting over in warehouses over there since they can't sell it at the events. It would wouldn't that be great? You can't actually get it. You can pay for the shipping to get it back from Qatar to the US, but it's never gonna be practical. I think that would be a great use of, of that beer and the NFT. Yeah. That yeah, that would be one example. Just know that you own it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more about I I would say I'm less assuming that NFTs haven't woken up because of like viewership or coverage because of controversy in Qatar, as much as I'd like to say that. I, I think it's um I think it's more about our main narrative that like IRL events and attention just because there happens to be an NFC alongside isn't there in terms of driving the value. What drives the value are NFT specific internal, like, okay, you know, X copy is going to drop a new thing or Boosius is going to give you access to this. If you do that, um, that type of, uh, I mostly you know, Kevin Rose promotion type stuff. Wait, I still took it a little bit of excitement. I thought so. Even if it was just buying, hoping that somebody else would, would come along. So that's where I say just the lack of excitement has, has I think maybe contributed to that thing. We but really were seeing nothing. Right. Looking at March and Premier League here, it's it's crickets. I mean, there's there's very little volume. Yeah. So just because people like soccer doesn't mean soccer things will take off. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out they're now just watching soccer. They're not. They're just, <laughs> turns you know, out they're just watching soccer yeah. and betting. The you know the old one of <laughs> just betting on the outcome of a game. It's great. It's a great way to get you interested in a game you don't care about. Used it many times, and it works a lot better than these NFTs. I mean, yeah, most of them go to zero, but hey. Oh, I'm listing this thing on OpenSea because uh, I have this Herving uh, Lozano. I'm just gonna hope he scores a something and does well for for Mexico since they just played. I think they lost to Argentina. Spoiler alert. Uh, but they actually have this top trait uh, asset floor listing. So they have, um, when I'm listing something on OpenSea, they've got floor price and top trait floor, which is uh, which is nice to know, actually. There you go. OpenSea coming out with all the new features that nobody is going to notice now that they've already left and moved on. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, boy. I think that's right. about all we've got for this. We did it. We did it. Um, go, someone go buy my rap striker. I'm listing it below the, the trade floor price. So get my, yes, yeah, go, go buy that now. <laughs> go, go pop my bag directly, please. Um, all right. All right. See you out there. Bye, George. This has been an episode of the Triple A NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.